Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. It doesn't matter if it's your partner, friend, or a work colleague. It is so easy to get defensive and butthurt when they're coming at you with something they're upset about. When you get into a fear-based emotion yourself, you end up with a conversation that spirals down and you both walk away feeling misunderstood, unhappy, and disconnected. So what's the answer? You can listen without getting defensive and hurt and have a great outcome if you follow my quick and easy seven-step process, which of course I'm going to give you in just a minute. So stay tuned. I'm Dr. Abby Metcalf, and I'm a psychologist, number one Amazon bestselling author, TEDx speaker, and all-around relationship maven. With over 30 years of experience helping people create connection, joy, and ease in all their relationships. What's my secret? Well, besides being totally hilarious, I help you think differently so you can approach your relationships in a completely new way. I'm the best deal in town because the tools I teach apply to all your relationships, which allows you to simplify your life and find the confidence, calm, and deep love you've been craving. Combining my hands-on experience and all the latest research, I've created actionable tips and tools you can apply quickly and easily to create lasting change in all your relationships today. So let's get to it. Well, hey there. You're here. I'm so happy you're here. It's always good when you're here. Thank you for joining me. Otherwise, I'm just talking to myself in my office and that seems wrong. Uh, very happy you're around. Happy to have this opportunity to talk about this question. This came uh, from... Uh, it just came from a few people in different ways asking about, you know, getting into a conversation with somebody and, you know, you, you're trying to listen to them, you're trying to really be there, but they're, you know, giving you crap about something and you're starting to get defensive yourself, you're starting to feel hurt, you're getting upset. And it's, it's a kind of a no win when you're really trying to have something else happen. So I'm excited to talk about that today and really answer your questions. So I want to always tell you to definitely write into me. I really do cover the topics eventually at some point, uh, if it's not too crazy and out there, which I've had a few, I'm not going to lie. But I always respond to the email and I let you know if I'd something like, hey, you know, I've already done that or I'm not sure if this is right for the audience. I'll, I'll tell you the truth. I won't say, oh, yeah, I'm going to do it and then not do it. So that's the good news. And uh, before we jump in, as always, I want to remind you that I have a YouTube channel. YouTube. Who doesn't love YouTube? I get lost on YouTube. Well, you can get lost on YouTube in my videos. <laughs> and uh, I create videos every week. I always have new content. It is different than the podcast. So 
uh, and the videos are never more than 10 minutes. They're usually about seven minutes or less. So it's sort of a quick hit. It's a great way to get information and you can, you know, why not binge watch me on YouTube as opposed to something else and feel great and excited and motivated and inspired on the other side. Not that I don't feel that way when I watch cooking shows on YouTube. I do feel inspired because <laughs> I love cooking, but you know what I'm talking about. So go over, I'll, I'll link to it on uh, the show notes page here at abbymedcalf.com forward slash podcast. This is episode 124, but you can also just uh, YouTube, you know, do a little Google search, uh, YouTube search there and you'll find my page. Uh, that's it. So let's get to it. And I also, of course, have a wonderful little gift for you at the end. Uh, it's going to be these two very special ways to give feedback without feeling hurt or defensive. So it's going to really build on what you learn on the podcast today. So if you like what you're learning today, definitely come on over and download these special two ways to give feedback without feeling, you know, hurt or defensive. It's sort of my uh, kind of proven formula for how to sort of uh, couch the feedback so it can feel different. Anyway, so if you like it today, come on over and download that. All right. Now, you absolutely can have one of those difficult conversations without getting defensive or hurt, or at least without allowing it to ruin the dialogue. I'm not saying these feelings will never come up, but there's a way that you can uh, notice them, control them, you know, get rid of them, or there's even ways to do the conversation so they don't even happen. And that's what I'm really going to focus on today. And the biggest problem people have is that they're really not prepared correctly for the conversation. So I know I said there's a seven-step process, but I want to be clear that it's not long. Uh, it's just seven pieces to think about as you kind of move through this. And if you even just do one or two of them, you will absolutely have a different conversation. So let me talk about it. And I'm going to use this analogy for you because I think you'll really get what I'm talking about. Have you ever painted a room thinking it would be fun right? Oh, it's going to be so fun to paint. I love to paint. I want to paint. <laughs> and then ha, you don't realize that there's an actual right way to do it. So you, you don't do it the right way. You've never painted before. You haven't really thought about it. You just think you walk in the room, slap some paint on the wall and you're done. Maybe put a tarp down on the floor, you know, and you're good. Uh, but so you don't have the right tools. You haven't prepared it. You end up, you know, this with, you know, sloppy looking walls, paint drips, uh, you know, the the white ceiling has the blue paint from it, from, you know, the wall. It just, you missed areas. You got paint all over your windows or on your couch or somewhere on your face. You know, it's every, you're going, what the hell? How do people do this as a living? Now, if you've ever watched a professional painter paint a room, have you ever watched that? Have you ever seen a professional paint a room? Because I'll tell you, it's very different. Do you know where they spend the most time? Preparing to paint. This is why I hate painting, actually, because I don't like the prep. I want the fun. <laughs> I don't want to do all that hard work first. So, you know, they sand the walls, they fill in holes, they tape corners, they tape the edges, they tarp the floor, they cover everything that shouldn't get paint on it. The actual painting, I swear, often takes equal or less time than just really prepare, preparing to paint. And and guess what? Looks perfect. It really does look different when a professional does it versus when you do it. And, but that's why, and this is how you have to think of listening without getting defensive or hurt. This is how you have to think about that. You need to put as much energy into the prep of the conversation 
as you do to the actual conversation. And once you do that, it's incredible how great, even easy this can go. You be, I'm telling you, going to be amazed. It really changes the game. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about my little process here. I won't keep you waiting another moment. So step one is be ready. (laughs) So you've got to be in the right mental frame when you're approaching the conversation. If you're thinking things like, oh, it's going to suck and uh, it's going to be really hard or difficult, or I can't believe I have to speak to my boss at two. Oh, it's so bad. He's such a jerk or she does this. Or, you know, your partner and you are going to sit and talk about your money, you know, your the finances or whatever. And you're just like, oh, and you feel like you spent too much or you went over budget or whatever, whatever it is. And again, it doesn't matter if it's a friend, if it's at work, wherever it is, getting, you know, having these conversations where you hear that you didn't do things perfectly is a way of life. It just is. It's, it's, it's in life. Everybody, I'm sure the Dalai Lama hears how he didn't do things perfectly. So it's all there. So it's about, again, where you are when you go into that conversation. So if you think all those things, that's what you're going to get. It's going to suck. It's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. If you're going in and you're prepared to do battle, you're going to end up with a war. You are. You think about it. Oh, I was preparing to do battle. I'm getting ready to do battle. That How is that energy going to do anything except create a battle? So you can't have an open connecting conversation if you're approaching it like a war because you absolutely will both be on the def- you'll both be on the defensive. Absolutely. Right. And you can't have mutual understanding from that place. It is not possible. So that's number one, really thinking of your frame of mind. I'm going to help you with that in a minute, how to have that frame of mind. I just want to say it out loud first. Do not have it, you know, on the fly. So step two is identify a time and a place. And this is part of that. Don't have these conversations on the run or as a, by the way, Set up a time and place that makes sense to have a connecting talk. And you have to think of it that way. We're going to have a connecting talk. How would that look? Where would we be sitting or standing or what would we be doing? Don't have it at the very end of a long day because you'll both be exhausted and it's hard to find the mental reserves at the end of a long day. Try to be as fresh as possible and also be mindful of where you speak. You know, you don't want to whisper a tough conversation in the kitchen when everyone's sitting in the dining room straining to, to hear, right? This isn't the time. Uh, I do want to say a note about going to bed angry. Go to bed angry. Do not have these conversations at midnight or two in the morning. Uh, I hear people complain, well, if we don't have them at the end of the day, then we never have them. No, no. Make it. Make a time. There's There are times off. Wake up early and do it. That's better than w- at the end of a long day. At least I know you'll be a little tired, shower first or whatever, but it's better to have it early in the day than super late in the day. I'll tell you that right now. And I don't care if you're a night owl or whatever. The chances of both of you being night owls is very minimal. You you really want to have all your mental reserves at the ready. If you really, really, really are a great nighttime person and so is your partner, I'm going to make room for you on this. But still... It, it, you have to know, you know you better than me. You know if you've had a history of these conversations working or not. And I would say, go on the, you know, go go on what the past has been. If it hasn't worked to have them later, then stop doing it. So really identify that time and place, you know, where you're going to have it, how you're going to have it so that there's privacy, so that you can really talk. Uh, sometimes people do these things on walks. Some, you know, they, you can do it all kinds of different ways. It doesn't, but think about it. 
and I also want to say if something starts off seeming like a small aside, but then becomes big, you know those, right? <laughs> it's where it says something and then all, you know, something very innocuous, innocuous or harmless. And, and then all of a sudden you're having a talk about divorce or you're having a talk about how you always do something or you never do this or just stop the conversation. Stop that talk immediately. And you either, you can stop it and still have the conversation as long as you reset, like, oh, okay, wait a minute, let's start again. We're, whoa, this obviously is something else, but let's, let's really, let's, you know, and you're going to do the rest of the steps I'm about to say. Uh, you're going to set intention. You know, you're really going to get in a different mental space to have the conversation or say, this is obviously a big deal. L tell you what, let's tomorrow at two or later today at three or whatever, let's have it then so we can really sit and talk about it. Uh, I will say it's much easier to have it at a different time, but you know, if it's not possible, it's not possible. So make sure you reset though. Don't just carry on with the conversation. Okay. So as you can see, I'm talking about these steps, but like this isn't really taking you time, right? All right. Step Three is to set intention, and this is the game changer. Start your state your intention out loud first. Both of you, both of you would be best if if one of you refuses to do it, then you do it. What's your intention for this conversation? I want you to say it out loud to the other person. It'd be really nice if they could say it to you again. It's my intention to listen with an open heart to everything you say. It's my intention to think about how much I love you and how much I want to understand your point. Obviously, these are not ones you would say to your boss, okay? <laughs> so it's, uh, uh, let me think of your boss. For your boss, it could be, it's, it's my intention that we'll both walk away from this conversation feeling uh, heard, feeling connected. It's, it's my intention that we're going to have an even better work relationship after this conversation. It's my intention to bring willingness and thoughtfulness to the table. It's my intention that we'll find a mutually beneficial solution and both walk away uh, content, satisfied, happy, whatever, and insert your word there, okay? Do you, see, do you see this already? This softening, this lessening of the, of the guard and the battle, you are letting them know your intention. And, and, and by the way, you use intentions in battle all the time. <laughs> so use it here in a good way. And again, if the other person can do that, it works so, so well. Setting intention puts everyone in the right frame of mind and will program the RAS to look for good things. I'll link to the RAS again in the show notes. I've talked about it a thousand times. But again, that reticular activating system, that part of your brain that filters what you're consciously thinking about into your subconscious. So when you uh, purposefully program that RAS, with these intentions, it'll remind you in the conversation. You'll start to get impatient in the conversation and you'll remember your intention. You'll stop. Oh God, ugh, I was going off the wrong way. Okay, let me let me reset. Or your partner will say, the other person might say something or you might say something to them like, hey, can I stop for a minute? I, I know, let's state our intentions again because I heard you say that you had an intention of being really patient in this meeting. And I have to say, I don't feel that right now. And maybe I'm wrong. But let's let's reset a little bit. Or you can say it about yourself. You know, I had an intention of being patient. I can feel myself being impatient. Let me just give me a minute. Let me shake this off. Let's let's go back. See that? It's it puts everybody in the right frame and it helps you stay focused and mindful during the conversation. And again, it'll even 
change the approach or the tone of the person sharing with you as they realize that, you know, what they were about to say or how they were about to say it wasn't in line with the intentions they were laying down. So you'll see, I can see people sometimes stop in the middle of what they were saying as they kind of shift. You've got to connect to correct. What do I say all the time? You have to connect to correct. So this is a way to connect so that you can have a conversation where there's some correction or some, you know, I want this different or I want that different. And stating your intentions helps everyone involved feel safer, feel more connected. So if you do nothing else, do this step. If you do nothing else, do this step. I talk about it with the couple's business meeting. If you haven't listened to that podcast, you really, really should. That's a relationship saver, having a weekly couple's business meeting, but it's in the directions. Set intention before you sit down to talk. If you do a financial meeting, set an intention before you sit down to talk. It just... So it brings you together. It it puts you on the same team. It is a game changer. I can't say enough about this. In the 30 years I've been doing this, this is the one thing people come back again and again, shocked, shocked because it seems so simple. But because we're using actual science, actual brain chemistry, just because it's simple doesn't mean it's not highly effective and it will change it. So, you know, again, imagine walking into a meeting, even if you're walking into a meeting and you're thinking, oh, here we go, we're all going to be fighting about this budget or whatever at work. And you walked in with, you know, and even said it out loud. Okay, guys, my intention that we're all going to get together. We're all going to find a way to talk so we can hear each other. We're going to, I'm going to really seek to understand as opposed to being understood. I'm going to, you know, when you set that out there, people shift and change and they start to calibrate to you. I did a whole podcast on calibrating. You know, I love calibrating. So, uh, you know, it's really, really huge. Okay. Step four, see, we're, we're buzzing through these. You, you can do this. Step four is to be curious. Actively think of being curious during the conversation. Set that as your intention. My intention is to be really curious. You really want to understand where the other person is coming from and why they feel the way they do. So uh, one of the things I say a lot is listen like you're wrong. Listen like you're wrong. If you're curious, it means you don't think you're right. You're, you're wondering, huh, I wonder why, I wonder this. Be in a mode Again, of seeking to understand as opposed to being understood. Think of it that way. Your inside voice should sound something like this. Wow, I really didn't mean to upset this person. I wonder why they're having this reaction. I need to figure that out. What's really going on here? Right? That needs to sound like something like your internal dialogue. And it might be about yourself, by the way. Wow, I am, you know really upset as they're talking to me. I feel so scared right now. I feel so on edge. I feel so anxious. Okay, what's that about? Wow, what do I think is going to happen here? Let me calm down. You know, all of this stuff, it's again, curious. You're curious about your own feelings. You're curious about their feelings. You're curious about how you got here. And one of the easiest ways for me to do this is I remind myself why I'm listening. Why am I listening to this person? It's because I, maybe I love and care about this person and I want to find a resolution. That's my end game. I want to find a resolution. Maybe it's because I need to continue to work with this person and it'll improve everything if we can find a way, if I can find a way to hear what they're saying, if, if we can create solutions together, it is going to completely change my life because my work life will feel better, which will really drastically improve my life. So I have a lot of skin in this game. I, I'm going to make this happen. Nothing's impossible. I've made incredible things happen in my life. How, you know, what needs to happen here? How curious do I need to be to shift what's happening? Okay. 
Then step five is one of the harder pieces. So, you, you know, you, this is the one to really also work on. So that was a lot of prep, right? We were, look at that, all seven steps, four of them were about the preparation to get into the conversation. Do you see what I'm talking about here? So that's, now we're going to paint the room. <laughs> we were, we were just prepping the paint. Now we're going to paint. So key, you got to stay mindful during the talk. That's step five. You have to keep noticing your reactions. And when you notice yourself getting defensive or angry, you know, bring yourself back to present. You're going to have to really stay in touch with your feelings throughout the conversation. Uh, notice your shoulders tensing up, you know, take a deep breath, push yourself to relax, Whew, you know, roll your shoulders back. At taking a deep breath is huge. <laughs> Name your own feelings as often as possible in this dialogue. This can even be part of the conversation. You know, you can stop and ask, uh, and I do this quite a bit with clients, especially in therapy. They'll be talking about something and I'll see that they're getting agitated or down a road and I'll say, you know, how are you feeling right now? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. How, how are you feeling right now? And it brings people to the present. It gets us out of our anxiety and our future tripping or our regret and our past tripping or whatever and brings us right now here and focused. And uh, you'll be amazed. Sometimes people say, wow, I feel really anxious. I don't even know why. Or, oh my gosh, I'm so scared. What am I scared of? And then they're asking the question. It's so great. Now you can have an amazing dialogue. You really, you can also ask yourself, before I go there, you can also ask yourself, what am I feeling right now? Even if it's a fear-based emotion, remember you have your love-based emotions and your fear-based emotions. Your love-based emotions are, you know, the openness, compassion, kindness, uh, thoughtfulness, uh, curious, curiosity. These, these are all the love-based emotions. The fear-based ones, if you're feeling resentful, hopeless, defensive, hurt, those are fear-based. So take a moment and bring yourself back to center. Bring yourself back to the room. Bring yourself back to the conversation. Uh, I sometimes have a mantra at the ready. You might have like a mantra at the ready that you have all the time that you, so something like, there's nothing scary here. There's nothing scary here. That's what I do. I remind myself that there's nothing to be afraid of. So I've sometimes been in uh, meetings with family members and people are yelling at each other or, you know, client or client angry at me or whatever. And, you know, of course, sometimes that reaction's happening and it's just a reminder. And the quicker you can do it, the better. There's nothing scary here. Wow, I'm looking at someone in a lot of pain. They're really anxious. I need to be the rock. I need to make sure that I'm bringing that intention right now. And I might even remind them of that as we go through this conversation. Uh, a mantra could be something like, you know, everything's figureoutable. Uh, we're going to work this out. There's nothing for me to fear. There's nothing scary here. Whatever, whatever works for you, but just to have that right there. I have a client who... Um, you uh, keeps a rubber band on on his wrist that whenever he goes into a conversation he has a rubber band on his wrist and he's playing with it and he'll snap it to sort of remind himself to like get into the moment so and as i just mentioned taking a deep breath is an excellent thing to do when you're noticing any fear-based emotion you might notice impatience frustration you know it doesn't have to be a huge one like 
out and out fear. You might just notice, I usually notice impatience That's and a little frustration. That's usually where I can tell that I'm entering that zone. And right there, I can do my little mantra, but I can also just take a deep breath because it will stimulate your vagus nerve and help you stay calm in the moment. It'll help stop those alarm bells to your amygdala. So, okay. Ooh. It'll help you stay calm in the moment. And that's what we're looking for. So be as mindful as possible as the other person speaks. You know, uh, some marriage gurus talk about taking notes during the conversation, and I, I love them all. Uh, Gottman talks about that, take some notes. It's not my favorite way to at least start. Taking notes takes us out of the intimacy and connection of the moment. It does. It does. If you If you're talking to someone and they're taking notes, <laughs> it's sort of, you know, if I'm talking to a client and I, I start taking notes while they're sharing something really intimate or hard, it's really not the time to do that. So I generally take notes without breaking eye contact or I wait until there's more of a lull in the conversation um, if I have to take a note, if there's something I want to come back to. But it's up to you because it, it, it also means if you're taking notes, you're missing out on what the other person's saying in that moment. You cannot listen and take notes at the same time. Nobody can. So you're actually you're missing some of what they're saying, unless you're copying down exactly what they're saying, you can do that, but that's not what you're doing. So you're not able to read their body language if you're looking down, you know, your brain is somewhere else. You're, and to me, I'm not going to come back point by, the, the issue is not, you don't want the person to say what they're feeling and you wrote it down and then go, okay, when you said you were mad about this, then this was this and you shouldn't have been because I did this, this, and this. You're, we're not keeping score here. This is not listening. This is not being curious. This, and usually if you're really being curious, you have questions. And so what you could do if you want, is say, is this a good time to, can I ask you a question about that? Or do you want to continue? You know, and you can have a signal. I'll talk about that later. But uh, I, I do want you to really be thoughtful. If you feel like the only way you can get through these conversations is to take notes, then I guess do that. But I'd love for you to try to not first. And if it doesn't work, then go the other way. But what the reason we take notes is because we want to come back and go and refute things. That's why you want to take notes. You want to come back and refute. And I don't want you to refute. I don't want you to refute anything they've said. That's not being curious. I want you to ask questions about things they've said. And if you think you forgot, then you at the end of the conversation, when they're done talking, you can say to them, can you... so?" In a nutshell, what's the number one thing you're, you know, you've said a lot of stuff. I've heard you. What's the number one thing you want me to address right now? And hear that and then respond to that. Sometimes people are just talking to vent, so that's okay too. Uh, so do your best to stay present. You know, remember that you're focused on a loving outcome or whatever the shared intention was and keep coming back to that. I want your thoughts to be, you know, we will absolutely find a way through this and be there for one another. I'm going to be the dominant vibration with Sandra from accounting, and we're going to come to a mutually beneficial arrangement about this, whatever. You know, I want those to more be your thoughts, not, you know, oh, he said this and this should have been that. And she, get away from that. So, and there's really never a time in the conversation when you should interrupt. Don't really do your best not to interrupt. And if you do interrupt, don't make it to retaliate or to say, instead say, ask, can I, I really, you're making a, a lot of points here and I'm getting lost in all the points because that happens sometimes. So 
and sometimes people just have to dump and they're going to dump and then you, they dump and then you kind of just try to catch whatever you can and then come back with that question I said before, you know, so you said a lot, obviously I couldn't memorize all that. So tell me the number one thing, you know, you can do it that way. And so you're not interrupting. Do not think about retaliatory remarks. If that's what's going in your head, you do not, you're not holding your intention. You are not holding your intention if you're thinking of retaliatory. Ah, this, ah. don't keep score. Don't keep score in your head. Oh, well, you did this, but what about when this happened? Well, you say I did this, but you did this. There should be none of that. Don't deny the other person's point of view in any way. Well, you misunderstood what I meant. That's probably the worst, right? I, I, well, what about what you did is one of my least favorites. And my second least favorite probably is you must, you misunderstood what I meant. That is not as so dismissive. It is denying their point of view and it is not helpful because they're going to shut down. So even if they did under, misunderstand what you meant, that's why you ask questions and you're curious because you should ask yourself, why did they misunderstand so epically? What's that about? And you should have some responsibility in that. That is not just them, you know, going off the deep end. Is it because you've had a history of doing it the other way? Is it because, you know, what is it? You should be able to answer your part in it yourself and take responsibility for that part. I'll talk about that in a minute. So, or the other thing to never do, so don't interrupt, think about retaliatory remarks, keep score, deny, uh, or refuse to participate. You know, I'm tired of this topic. I'm not going to discuss this with you again. We've done this a million times. I'm not doing it again. It means you are not listening. Of course, you're hurt, but hurt because you haven't gotten to the bottom of this. <laughs> so that kind of defensiveness is not helpful. And we have to do something different this time. So I'm very down with you doing something different this time. I'm, I'm with you there. So because you're really not listening when you do any of these things. And it's, it's really a signal to reset yourself and be mindful. It's not a signal to beat up on yourself. We're all human. I get defensive. We all get defensive. I've had some doozies myself. It's, ugh, I'm always embarrassed later. I can't believe it. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry I did that. I'm really sorry. And we break the trust tremendously when we do that. So try your best not to screw up. <laughs> the best thing you can do often is not screw up. And remember that it's absolutely fine to take to stop the conversation and take a break. If you're noticing that you're getting worked up or hurt or just can't seem to stop feeling a certain way, just be honest. I know it's a shock. What a thought. Be honest. But it, as loving as you can. So, you know, hey, your feelings are important. But right now I'm noticing that I'm feeling defensive and I'm taking things personally. So, I'm not helping. I'm not getting where I want to be in this conversation. You know, I set this intention and I'm not able to keep it right this minute. So if we can take a break and just come back in 30 minutes, let me reset. Let's start again and make sure that when you come back, by the way, if you do take a break, that you restate your intentions. Do them again. It'll be very helpful to get you on track. So, okay, almost done. Step six of the seven. is Six is asking those clarifying questions. And you know, I love me some clarifying questions. <laughs> it's like nobody's business. So, and at the beginning or at some point during the conversation, what's really great is to ask that they give you a signal when they're done so you can respond and ask questions. So you can do that as part of the prep. You can say, hey, okay, we're going to sit down and talk. I'm going to let you just talk. I promise not to interrupt, but I would like you to let me know when you're done talking so I know when it's okay to respond or to ask a question or, you know, to, to, to enter the conversation differently. Uh, and because that is huge, huge. And so if you can do that first, if you remember, that's great. 
otherwise just at some point in the conversation say, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm hearing what you're doing. I'm hearing what you're saying. I, I don't want to interrupt. So let me know when you're done. So, so I can respond, you know, just let me know. So you can do it anytime. And this will help you not interrupt because you're not, you're waiting for the signal. It makes it easier. And it'll ensure that the other person feels that they're, you're fully present in the conversation and giving them the space and time to share. Right? So the only time to interrupt is, you know, if it feels abusive, if there's something abusive going on, then end the conversation. That's not helpful to anybody. Uh, so just end it right there. And usually you can't reset in that moment if, if things have gotten to a point where they're abusive. So that is not a time to even try to reset it is time to end the conversation and come back to it another day. Okay. It's important to remember that the other person's complaint or, or their comments or their feedback is about what they need, not what you need. This isn't a conversation about what you need. Not this one. You can have a different one about what you need. This is about what they need. So listen for what they need. And that's not always what they're asking for. So that's why you ask those clarifying questions. <laughs> You ask those questions that, you know, after they're done speaking so that you can really get to what it is. And you can, one of the easiest ways to clarify what the other person said is with the ever popular and effective, what I heard you say is X, you know, what I heard you say is this, my experience, you know, here's what I heard you say, not my experience. Here's what I heard you say, because you because that'll get that ball rolling and they can correct you or say, well, no, I, I said this or I, and, and don't get into wordsmithing. Don't, well, no, you said that. Don't do that. Just listen. Just, okay. They, they might've said that other thing and now they're saying they didn't. That's fine. We're getting, and actually it's good. We're getting closer to what they really mean. Because sometimes when people hear their words back, they're like, well, that's not what, because that's not actually what they meant. That's my whole point. That is my whole point. People <laughs> think they're, they mean one thing. They think they need one thing. They think they're saying one thing and they're actually doing another. So you want to help them get to what they really need. That's that curiosity. That's that clarification. So you can also, uh, my favorite question, can you tell me more about whatever, whatever they might've said? Can you tell me more about that? Uh, can you give me an example of X so I better understand what you mean? Those two are probably your best questions to ask after, you know, what I heard you say is, because that's really a statement. Those are really great questions to ask. And again, remember not to sack, no offering suggestions, giving advice or criticizing. Ask questions meant to gather more information information. Do not ask questions disguised as suggestions or advice. <laughs> Have you tried this? That's, yeah, that's a question, but it's a suggestion. So, you know, just think in your head about your intention that we're going to come to a mutually beneficial answer, that I love this person deeply, that uh, I'm, they're going to feel how much I care about them, that whatever it is, and the questions will flow from that. If you just remind yourself of the intention, I promise you the questions will be obvious of what to ask next. Okay. Number seven, <clears throat> excuse me, we made it. So step number seven is absolutely positively, and people don't always like this one, but it's the big one, take responsibility. That's right. No matter what is said to you, in whatever way, you still have responsibility in this relationship. I don't care if Josh from sales is an asshole or if your wife's best friend is a total bitch, you co-create every single relationship you are in. You're, you you co-create it. 
This means you have to take responsibility for your side of the street. If someone is always misunderstanding what you mean, that's not just about them. You're in a relationship together. You have to figure out how to create, co-create something where they understand your meaning, where they understand where you're coming from, where they are able to connect somewhere. You have responsibility too. So if you can't find anything you can do or say to move things along, then you're not looking at your own issues. I can tell you that right now. If you throw up your hands and say there's nothing you can do, you are not taking responsibility. If you're still feeling defensive, hurt, and upset by this person, that's your responsibility. Your feelings are your responsibility. No one can make you feel anything. You choose it over and over and over. Your boundaries are your responsibility. Your reactions are your responsibility. Are you picking up what I'm laying down? I say this with all my loving, loving heart. I love you so much. And until you get this part, you will not be able to move through these conversations or really be super effective in your life, period. You, you've got to just, don't take all the responsibility. I'm not asking you to do that. That's codependency. That's another, that's another uh, broadcast I did. <laughs> that's another episode. I'm asking you though, to take 100% responsibility for you and your reactions, your thoughts, your ways of uh, communicating, all that is you. And, and this isn't about blame. So, so don't go there. I don't want to hear that. I don't, I got no patience for the pity party and the victimhood and, oh, I can't do it. And I, oh, I feel, oh, I'm such a jerk. And no, you're not. No, you're not. You're, you're a well-intentioned human. Not all the time, I know. But, you know, it's really not your intention to just be a jerk. So all the time. So it's really about putting on those big boy pants, the big girl pants, the big they pants, uh, if we're being gender fluid, and, and do the one next thing you can and don't give up. That's what it's about, right? Do the one next, the, you know, the next right action, the, the next one thing that you can do, that's it. Whatever that is, do it. But when you go into the uh, conversation and you set that as part of your intention that you have responsibility, it will also help. So those are my seven steps for having these conversations and not feeling defensive and hurt, or, or at least not staying there. So I'm hoping you can prepare the room enough to paint that you don't even feel it at all, that you don't even allow it to come up. But if it does, you know, using your steps, you can actually minimize it or again, erase it. So that's, that's always what we're doing and not at least have that run the show. So remember to come on over to the website, abbymedcalf.com forward slash podcast for the two ways to give feedback without feeling defensive or hurt. Uh, I have those with you, just these little formulas that you can use, very specific ways that you can speak to people. Uh, it's really easy. They're really my tried and true methods. It's very short, so it won't be hard. But sometimes it's really nice to have a frame to speak within. So you just kind of always go back to the framework. Uh, and so I'm offering this to you because I love you so much. That's it. I want you to have an amazing week and I will talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with wonderful me, Dr. Abby Metcalf. And I've got two quick things to say. Just give me one more minute. First, I love spending this time with you and I work hard to make sure every single episode is going to help you move from any feelings of frustration or resentment or anxiety to that connected, hopeful, confident. That's always my goal. 
So if you have any ideas for a future episode or just want to say hi, let me know what the podcast is doing for you. Anything. You can email me at abby at abbymedcalf.com. How simple is that? And the second thing I want to say is if you like the podcast, you're going to go crazy, crazy for my book. My book is really good. I'm really proud of it. You can find it on Amazon or on my website under the shop section on my website at abbymetcalf.com. It's called Be Happily Married, Even If Your Partner Won't Do a Thing. And even if your partner will do a thing, the book will still really help you. So that's it. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you soon.